0: Good morning, abiding place. It's good to be back in the chair. (laughs) Uh, Father, I just pray right now that um, you would be with all of us right now as we tune in, uh, that we don't just tune in to Miko speaking, but we tune in to your spirit and what you're communicating, what you're sharing, and I just pray right now that you would begin the process of empowering us, that you would begin the process of calling us out, of activating us, Father, um, to be all that we can be and all that you want us to be. And I just pray that anything that is uh, spoken today that is from me, that it would just fall to the floor and be forgotten and everything that is from you would would just pierce everyone's spirit, everyone's heart, everyone's mind, that it would be substance for us to, to live on as we strive to Uh, Pursue the uh, your best for our lives, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So let's see. Um, So this morning, I uh, I was asking the Lord um, if He has a word for anybody, and. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't get anything, but I was letting you know that I asked. So I just wanted you guys to know that I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Um, actually, I don't know who this is for, but I did get a word. So I would encourage you guys to just be open, and if, uh, as I'm speaking, that you hear that this is for you, claim it. It can be for more than one person. And also, you know, uh, let us know. Drop, drop something in the chat letting, you, letting us know that you feel like this is for you. But I just, what I saw is I saw God imparting eagle's eyes, and uh, I felt like the Lord was saying that I'm giving the eyes of an eagle so that you can see, but it was very specifically um, that you could see from an oversight kind of uh, vantage point, that you could see the lay of the land, um, that you could see kind of the whole path, and I just felt the Lord said that it would be an adjustment, that there has been um, a focus on having the eyes of an eagle that can zero in on detail, that can see specifics, that can go super deep on, on one thing and see details that no one else can see, but that God's actually adjusting it and it's pulling back, that um, it's kind of actually um, moving out of so, uh, something of a, kind of a critical spirit, that he's, he's actually pulling you back and he's giving you oversight, meaning not oversight as an authority, but oversight as you see over everything, that you see kind of the plan and how things fit, um, and to not resist it. And it might feel like you're getting less sharp because you're not seeing details, but he's actually giving you perspective. Um, and, and so I just pray for, for whoever that is, that, that he would give you the perspective of, of, of the Father, that, that you would see from a vantage point of seeing everything connected, that, that some things that might have been... Um, kind of causing some, some criticalness, some critiquing, um, because you were seeing details that it would actually get a- alleviated as you zoom out and you see how everything fits. And I just uh, pray for even a greater appreciation for the body of Christ um, as all the different parts fit and connect together that you begin to have a greater love for the body because you see how it functions as one and how every piece is necessary. Uh, so I just pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Whoever that was for. Um, it's actually kind of interesting. I, 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 I uh, <laughs> I hate when God does stuff like this because it's so cliche, but I actually want to talk about vision this morning. So when I said, oh, do you have a word? And it was actually a word about changing perspective and changing vision. I was like, that's just ridiculously cliche. Um, it was like this, uh, this year, it was 2020. And so everybody with you know, an ounce of prophetic gifting was talking about. Oh, 2020, the year of vision, perfect vision in 2020. And I just like that's so corny. And so when I was praying for the word of the, of the Lord for this year, I was like, don't give me any vision word because that's just silly. Everyone's doing that. It's uh, it's the low hanging fruit, Father. And so naturally, He gives me three things, and the last one was vision. And I just feel like you know we're at the end of um, we're at the end of August, and uh, we only have four more months in the year. How crazy is that? Um, yeah. So I was just saying, Lord, what, what do you want to share for the rest of this year? What, what is important? And he said vision. And I said, okay. I guess I can do that. Uh, so hopefully this doesn't sound corny. I just really believe that vision is super important for us to have right now. I think there's people that, as we're going through this COVID, as we're going through the election season, there's just a lot of stuff swirling around. There's a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of fear. Um, there's a lot of disappointment. I, you know, It's a presidential election. There's always gonna be disappointment at some point with that. Um, there's disappointment at things that we aren't able to do. My son's birthday is coming up. Uh, in 16 days, and we don't know if we'll have a party. We probably won't. In fact, we won't have a party because of COVID. My mom even a couple weeks ago mentioned, hey, we just don't know how things are shaping up. Christmas might look different this year. And so there's just a whole bunch of changes which can lead to a whole bunch of disappointment and frustration, anger. And I just, I feel like the answer to this is vision. That when we have a vision, we can actually weather the storm. And a lot of people, when COVID first was kind of happening, when, when the nation was locking down, we were talking about a lot of words about, this is time for rest, this is a time for uh, restoring yourself, for, for strengthening yourself, take this season and, and enjoy it as best as you can. And, and I think that's accurate, but I also feel like there, this is a season for getting vision, um, for really seeking the Lord for vision for your life. And um, Really, one of the things that inspired this is there's been a lot of change happening. There's been a lot of uh, questions and uh, decisions that have to be made in my life. And, and I remember uh, my wife was like, let's just do a journal activity. Let's just ask the Father how he feels about us. And I said, that's a great idea. Let's sit down and do that. And we did. And uh, his primary encouragement was fill your heart with vision, fill your heart with vision, fill your heart with vision. He kept on repeating that. And uh, since that, that was about a month ago, since that, it's been annoying, to be honest. Um, <laughs> when I go through stuff, and I'm getting frustrated, and I turn to God, and I just hear him, fill your heart with vision. Fill your heart with the vision. And and so I said, okay, let's let's dig into that. Um, what does that mean, um, to fill your heart with, with vision? And, and I just, I feel like I get reminded of the vision the, the <laughs> I get reminded of the scripture proverbs twenty nine eighteen. It's the everyone's favorite scripture probably when it comes to vision. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. And uh, you know the, the King James is actually I really enjoy the King James on that one, which normally I don't enjoy King James version, but uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. Uh, what I think is very interesting is, A lot of people want to take this and go, see it's saying, uh, happy is he who keeps the law, so it's where there is no vision, um, people are restrained, but happy is he who keeps the law, happy is he who who follows the word of God, and and that is true, but I actually want to say for this verse, I think it's actually better understood as happy is he who follows instruction or teaching. And where it says where there is no vision, that word vision means vision, where there is no vision, where there is no vision from God, where there is no scene, where there is no picture that you're pursuing, where there's no desires or goals where you don't have direction from the Lord, literally people are unrestrained, which means they go, to, they do what they want, they, they, they spread out, they, they don't uh, stop themselves, they just do, literally they do what they want, but happy is who keeps the law, meaning happy is who keeps the instruction of the vision they received. You See vision is so important because vision motivates you. Vision, you know, the cliche would be people that, that want to get fit, they want to lead a healthier lifestyle, they have a picture of what their body could look like, they have a picture of what they could do Um, Man, if I just could lose 20 pounds, I I I could run a mile, I could do that marathon, I could do that hike, I could play with my children, I could be more active, I could have less pain in my body. You have a vision for what life could be like, you have a vision for what you could look like and that motivates you to take the steps necessary, it gives you energy and it gives you purpose. You see, vision builds character because I have that vision I'm willing to actually persevere. I'm willing to be long-suffering. I'm willing to do what it takes to get there. And, and so, you know, when we say, oh, hard work builds character. Well, vision, having a goal, having a desire for your future, actually builds that perseverance in you. It actually um, causes you to build and, and and get skills in your life that can help fulfill the vision. Uh, vision is prophetic. It literally, when you have a vision, when you have a clearly Uh, laid out vision from the Lord and you keep it in front of your mind, you fill your heart with it, you're actually prophetically drawing down on it. You're bringing it into the presence. You begin to act what your vision looks like. That's one of the amazing things about uh, when you get face to face with Jesus and you become transformed into his likeness. What you look at, you become. What you focus on, you emulate. So when you have a vision from God that you're keeping in the forefront of your mind, you actually begin to unconsciously start to model it. Uh, A very clear uh, instance of this is the number of people, and this might be true in your life, it was certainly true in mine. Um, When leadership was called out, I started to act like a leader. And I started to pursue what looking like a leader was. When I began to think of myself as a leader, I found myself taking the lead without trying because somebody declared that and it became a picture, it became part of my vision that this is one of my roles wherever I am, to, to the point in, in maturity where it became a negative, where maybe I should learn to follow more, but that's another story, but because it became such a part of, of who I am and such a part of the vision I have for myself. A vision focuses you. It narrows your perspective, it allows you to sacrifice and go, I'm not gonna do that because it's not gonna help me attain my vision. Again, the the classic, I wanna lose weight. I have a vision for how I would look if I could just drop 20 pounds, so I'm not gonna eat this food. I'm gonna restrain myself. So with vision, I I restrain myself to achieve my vision. It focuses you and it draws you near to God. A godly vision is almost always something that takes place in community. There's almost always a level of support that you need from God and also from others. So when I'm pursuing a vision, I'm actually drawing closer to God and I'm drawing closer to the community that He's called to support me in my vision. These are all the amazing, wonderful benefits of having vision, which is why I can fight depression and I can fight frustration and I can fight discouragement if I can fill my heart with vision, because all these things happen. I get motivated, I focus, I, I start building the character that is needed to achieve the vision. I draw close to God and I draw close to others, everything we talk about. Everything that, by the way, in this season where we're, it's hard to actually physically be with people, we can find ourselves distancing. We can find ourselves distancing from people and distancing from God even because sometimes what, I, what I'm noticing and what I'm seeing in people and experiencing a little in myself is that the areas that I connect with God through people and a cool thing that he's been doing in me and I feel like one of the benefits for a lot of people in this season is he's, he's equipping us, um, community is amazing and it's vital but at the end of the day, it's my walk with God, and one thing that he's actually equipping us in in this season is to rely on him more and more, and so I love community, and I love being active, and I love that we're doing small groups, and other ones are going to be starting soon. I promise, Lori, other ones are going to be starting soon. Uh, <laughs> that's a plug for Alyssa and i's small group. You'll hear more details later. I'm saying it out loud because it's creating a poll. Now I actually have to do it, right? Um and I love those things, but it's also important to, to make sure that my connection with God is strong with myself and I don't need the crutch of other people to fill his presence or to get in there. That's really important. Um, it was at this moment when I was talking to God and I'm writing out the notes and we're having a conversation about vision that he really highlighted to me um, the difference between a dream into vision, and I I just want to share that because I do think it's important. I think most of us have dreams, Uh, not all of us have vision, and dreams are amazing, and dreams are wonderful, and in fact, dreams typically become vision. God will give you a desire, God will give you a dream, and if you shepherd that dream, it becomes the seed of the vision that you start pursuing, but I think sometimes we, there's a disconnect and we stay in that dream realm and we never transition it into the vision and I just want to kind of compare and contrast dream versus vision. You see a dream isn't grounded in reality. A dream is typically idealized. How many of us have good dreams where everything's perfect and everything's going well and we make the right decisions and we make the best decisions? That's an ideal and that's wonderful. And it's fun. It's fun to daydream. It's fun to, to imagine. It's fun to go to sleep and have a wake up from a wonderful dream. But you have to understand a vision is connected to where you are. A vision is not ideal, a vision is real, it's attainable. Uh, a dream um, can be passive. A lot of times, the difference between a dream and a vision is I have this picture of what I want or what I can attain or what I can become or what I can accomplish or what God wants to accomplish in me, but I don't ever create any steps to get there. It becomes passive. I I wrote a dream actually promotes daydreaming. You can get lost in this beautiful, wonderful dream and never actually start taking the, the steps to accomplish it, where a vision promotes action it actually energizes you to start wanting to achieve it. You start going, how do I move closer and closer to that vision? Um, And so in the end, dreams, if you just stay in dreams, it can be demoralizing. I'm sure most of us have had the, uh, at some point in our lives, have had the experience of having an amazing dream and waking up and realizing it was a dream and kind of being a little sad or a little disappointed. Because if you just live in dreams, when you come back to the real world, that can be pretty demoralizing. Oh, but things aren't like that. Where a vision again is energizing, that I can vision cast and and talk with God and and see this picture of what he wants to happen in my life and what he wants to use my life for, and when I come out of that, I'm actually energized and excited to go pursue that and do it. Um, Dreams aren't bad. Dreams are good. Like I said, dreams are the seed um, that become a vision. When I was talking to the Lord about this, he reminded me of a really big one which was of a journey where a dream became a vision which became a reality in my life and, and that was marriage. That was meeting Alyssa, that was having kids and, and having a home and, and becoming a husband and a father. You see, in middle school, I knew I wanted that. I knew eventually I'd want to find a girl, uh, get married, uh, have the children, do the family thing. I knew that, that was, but that was a dream. And if I thought about it, it was definitely idealized. It was definitely a daydream in my life. It was, you know, this dream. Well, then I get into high school, you know, things happen. Body starts changing. You start getting older. People start having more conversations with you about relationships and about what that would look like you start noticing girls in a different way, that dream slowly starts transitioning to a vision. Because in middle school, that dream seemed out there sometime, unattainable. And as in high school, you start transitioning, it suddenly starts becoming a possibility, attainable, real. And if you were a Christian, you probably did some silly activity like write down what your wife would look like, the attributes she would have, or write down what your spouse would look like. attributes. So then you start actually engaging in activities that turn this dream into a reality, uh, into a vision. I now see exactly uh, who I want, uh, what she would look like, how she would act. And then senior year, this woman walks into the room and I look at her and I go, who is that? And suddenly my vision gets crystal clear. Suddenly, there she is. Suddenly I go, how do I get this, this woman to notice me? How do I get her to like me? We talk about this because it's so romantic and sweet, but we talk about how we caught each other's eye the first time we met, and that whole day we were tracking each other. making Where is she? Where is he? What's he doing? What's she doing? Uh, so I took a step. Because my vision suddenly became crystal clear. I took a step and I said, "I need to get to know her. I need to make sure she knows me." <laughs> I need to play a game. No, um, So sorry, uh, that was distraction. There's the peanut galleries talking behind the, behind the camera, and, and that was distraction. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> So, but that vision. So I get to know her, and she gets to know me, and we spend a year getting to know each other, and then I ask her out, and we start dating, and and we date, 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 and and then we get married. (laughs) But the whole time I'm dating her, it's becoming crystal, crystal clear. We, we were honest with each other. Within two years of dating, we knew we'd get married. I think within two years of dating, we didn't date; we courted. I officially asked the parents at In the second year, can, you know, can I court your daughter? So we knew we were moving towards marriage. See, it went from a dream of one day to a vision of that girl, that woman, that's who I want. And to let me take the steps, let me get to know her, let me ask her out, let me woo her, let me take her out, let me uh, treat her well, let's get into fights, let's learn learn how to live with each other. Um, to let me ask her parents to court, to let me ask her parents to marry her, or tell her parents I'm marrying her, depending on your, your story. Uh, let's get married. And then, boom, we're married. And my vision became a reality. And by the way, I said silly activity about write everything out that you want in a in a wife. And uh, I actually would never have my children do that. Because uh, I think it's it, it can set up some interesting um, expectations. But I'm one of those blessed few that wrote everything I wanted, and Alyssa checks off everything. So it worked for me, not necessarily saying it's going to work for anybody else, but that was the example you showed me of you had a dream, and that dream became a seed of the vision, and you suddenly had this vision, and you filled your heart with the vision, and you pursued it. You pursued it for six long years, and you attained it. Uh, Same thing with the children. We thought, oh, we'll be married two years, and we'll have kids. Four years later, we have our first child. Um, but we, we had a dream. And we had a vision about what our child would look like and, and, and how we would raise them. And then, you know, you make the concrete actions to have a child. Um, and so it's just really important to have that vision for your life. Because with, if you don't have those visions for your life, for your work, for your family. You are are unrestrained. You do whatever seems good in the moment. You uh, kind of live for the now and you don't live for the future. You might find that you're not moving forward in the things that God has for you. And so I just want to, I just, I really feel like God is saying right now is a season where he's wanting to move us into greater clarity of our vision. Both whatever you need. If you need a vision for a specific circumstance that you're in right now, if you need your life vision, if you need a vision for work, if you need a vision for family, whatever it is, there's a grace right now to actually start accessing that and talking to God. And and I want to encourage you guys, dreams are, are wonderful and okay. We need to start moving our dreams and our I wish if I could, wouldn't it be amazing if we need to start moving those into here's how I accomplish it and here's how I work, how I begin to move forward in that and moving dreams to vision um, is actually a pretty fun activity and I would encourage you to, to get down with God and, and lay out your dreams and say, what, what is from you? What do you want me to pursue? The difference between a, a dream and a vision is the vision has a path to realization. That's it. A dream is disconnected with reality. It's ideal. You turn it into a vision by getting real and saying, if I really want this to happen, what are the steps I need to take to achieve it? I need to connect it. And you know what we call those steps? We call them goals. It's really easy. You take your dream and you get specific. Because it's all wonderful to imagine that corner office. It's a, easy to imagine those perfectly obedient children. Right? It's, it's easy to imagine those things but you have to get concrete and you have to get real and you got to get specific. So if I want perfectly behaved children, well, first of all, I need to get real and go, not going to happen. <laughs> but I want reasonably behaved children, right? I want children that are decently respectful, that, that are trained to make good decisions knowing that they'll make mistakes. So how do I get there? So I get very specific. So for instance, you know, we have a Four-year-old did that disc. No, it, I'm still there. Yeah. Um, so we have a four-year-old that's coming into his own mind more and more, and he right now is really um, willful. He uh, he go he likes his own way, and he gets very vocal when. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting distracted. Come on, guys. <laughs> video is freezing for some people, but the vocals continue, okay. Um, But like I was saying, my my four-year-old is getting a little willful and he's getting vocal when um, his will clashes with ours. And so I want a decently behaved child, so what do I do? Well the first thing is, I need to get specific, I'd really like it if my child stopped screaming every time we tell him he can't do something. I'd really like it if he stops throwing himself on the floor. See, I'm very specific. I go from, it'd be wonderful to have perfect children to this is the behavior I want to change. I went from vague to specific. Uh, You take inventory. Once you have specifics, you take inventory. What are my gifts, my skills, my abilities? What has God given me that I can uh, start applying to the problem? What is a skill that I need to grow? Uh, Alyssa and I had this conversation recently about parenting and we realized a skill I need to grow with my children is patience. That I need to get on their level, that I need to speak to them and make them feel heard and not just demand compliance. So okay, so what's the, inv- what's the ability and skills that I have and what, or, and what do I need to grow and how do I start doing that? So I got my specific desired outcome, I start this self-inventory and the best part is when you do it with God. So God, what have you put in me that will help me or what do I need to grow and how will you help me grow it? Right? You, and then write it down. Be honest about it. So w- my wife and I have conversations and the last time we had a conversation, I told my wife, here's an action when we talked about parenting, I said, here's something that I'm noticing in me that I don't like and I don't want to do this anymore. I want to respond differently. I was open about it and I created accountability by talking to my wife about it. I didn't just leave that desire or that needed action step in my heart going, well I'll try and work on it on my own. I actually put pressure on myself, just like talking about the home group that Alyssa and I are going to start. I'm putting pressure on myself and accountability to do it. So you create some action steps, you write it down, and you say, what do you need to do? So we're reading a book uh, on parenting and we're talking about it and wanting to apply it. We're having conversations and, and setting up um, plans and, and activities that we can do to start defining um, how do we communicate to our children the behaviors we want them to model without demanding just uh, you know, compliance. Because we want our children to think for themselves. One of the worst things we ever decided is we want critically thinking children because it'd be so much easier just to be the domineering, domineering parent, uh, but we had a vision that our children would be able to make good decisions and would have responsibility and that we could eventually trust to God our hearts. <laughs> That's a decision we made, silly decision, but it's what we're doing. Uh, so. So you, you write it down, you write the step and then you write down the action. Do you need to read a book? Do you need to take a class? Do you need to have a conversation? Do you need to put yourself in a situation? I know plenty of people that go, I'm called to be a leader but they never put themselves in a situation where they lead. Well I'm waiting for someone to roll out the red carpet. You're waiting, don't put yourself in a situation. If you feel like you're called to be a leader, volunteer to lead something. Put a poll on the call. If your vision is to, that you see yourself leading groups, actually step out and do it. If your vision is you see yourself painting, step out and do it. Put, put a pole on God. Pray. Keep your heart filled with the vision, because that's what's going to inspire you. And as you do these things, include people. Because again, I just, there's so rarely a vision from God that he's calling you to accomplish on your own. It takes place in community. It takes place in partnership with people. Your spouse, your family, a friend. Talk to somebody about it. Don't just keep the vision inside your heart. Let it out. Put pressure on yourself, the good pressure to do it. I think having vision is one of the easiest things to say and one of the hardest things to do. We promote dreams in America, the American dream, the, the desires for, for happiness, for wealth, for status, but we don't promote goals so much. We don't promote actual concrete vision and I think sometimes in Christianity we get passive and we, we have things that the Father says about us, prophetic words, we have dreams, and we have desires and we don't actually connect them very well and we don't actually turn them into vision Uh, and then we get we're unrestrained and we do what we please and you know Lord bless my mess and I think sometimes he's like I'd rather you just get a little organized. (laughs) That's that's from personal experience. Uh, One time I literally was like Lord could you please just bless me and he's like how about you do this this really simple thing. Why why do I need to bless you? Um, The interesting thing is Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people go unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. That word happy, is uh, it actually means blessed. Blessed is he who follows instruc- instruction. I, I think there's the ultimate benefit when we have vision and direction is as we follow it, the Lord blesses us. Because when the Lord blesses us, he blesses others. Because he never blesses you just for you. He always blesses you so that you can spread that out. You share the love. Yeah. So I just really feel like I just really feel like there's people here that are listening right now that are just feel like I want vision. I want vision. I feel like I don't have a direction. I feel like I need direction. I need to hear from the Lord. I need Him to point out the path. I I need him to, to show me my next step, and, and I just pray right now that Father would come and begin to speak to you right now, that, that you would begin to uh, be more aware of your dreams and your desires, but that it isn't something that he's going to plant in you, and it's just going to be fully formed, that there's actually a process, there's a co-laboring, because he loves to work with us, he loves to to teach us. He loves that interaction, so he's not just going to give it to us. He's going to show us a dream, and he's going to say, sit down and workshop this with me. He's going to give us a desire, and he's going to say, how would we flesh that out? Sometimes he doesn't show us the path because he wants us to actually start laying it with him, and I just, I just pray right now that he would come, and he'd begin to reveal to us those desires. He'd begin to reveal to us those, 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 those dreams that we've been holding on to, that might be turning sour, that because we just don't know what to do with them, but he'd start to give us the tools to, to refresh them, to turn them into vision. And I just pray that as we get the vision, that we stay faithful, that we fill our heart with the vision, that we remind ourselves, that, that we keep it in front of us, that, that we, we keep it positioned where we can see it, that when we wake up, it's in front of our minds, that when we think it's filling our heart, so that we actually begin to take the steps towards it. And I just pray against any discouragement, I pray against any lie that says, I'm not creative, I can't see, I don't have that vision. He has a purpose for all of us, and I just pray that you begin to feel that purpose stirring, that, that he's answering your heart's cry. No matter how small the circumstances, the situation that you need his clarity, he's, he's bringing it, and he's asking you to just reach out and grab it. This is an invitation to co-labor with God in this area. And I just pray right now that, that we would hear that, we'd, we'd feel that nudge and we'd respond to it. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been a very distracting service for me, <laughs> in a good way. Uh, so thank you guys for, for uh, logging in. Oh, that's so weird. Bible verse, uh, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. 18. Um, so thank you guys, and I just pray that you have a wonderful week, um, an exciting week, a vision-filled week, and I don't know if anybody responded because no one told me. Uh, if, if that word was for anybody specifically, I'd love to know who that is because I'd love to continue to pray for you. Have a good week. God bless.